This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. What's up, folks? Uh, taking an ad out on my own podcast just so I can let you know about, uh, once again, these upcoming dates I have for my Hard to Say show. March 22nd, I'm in Denver. March 24th, I'm in Boulder, Colorado. And March 27th, Fort Collins, Colorado. If you're there, if you know anyone there, it would mean the world to me if you let people know about this. Uh, I'm going to be doing more shows as well. Seattle, Portland, Santa Cruz, Bay Area. Look out for that. But if, if you could please let people know the 22nd, 24th, and 27th, I'm going to be in Denver, Boulder, and Fort Collins doing comedy about my experience living with trigeminal neuralgia, uh, a.k.a. suicide disease. This is a show I've been working out uh, for a while that, that has been extremely fulfilling and uh, wonderful, uh, you know, despite not being good feeling physically. Um, you know, I know I harp about it a lot and all this stuff going on with my medical situation. This has been sort of my coping and my reason for continuing. So I have, uh, uh, I'm excited to finally do it somewhere else other than Los Angeles. So please, if you're in Denver, Boulder, Fort Collins, go to kyleayers.com slash shows, K-Y-L-E-A-Y-E-R-S.com slash shows. Uh, I have a mailing list you can sign up for there as well. It'll let you know when I'm in your area. That's the best stuff you could do to possibly support me would be that sort of thing there. Thank you very much. Um, I hope this was a, I hope I uploaded this ad properly to my own show. It's a good show. In a world where every conversation is about what movie or TV show you've just seen. One comedian, doing his own voiceover for his own podcast due to monetary restrictions, got tired of pretending he's seen The Wire in conversations at parties. This is Never Seen It. Comedians rewriting famous movies and TV shows they've never seen. I'm Kyle Ayers. Hey, everybody. This is Never Seen It. I'm your host, Kyle Ayers. We're going right into it. Before we get into our episode today, I want to let you guys know we do have a Patreon for the show where we have additional scripts, we have scenes, we have video from the episodes, uh, we put video from live shows up there, as well as some episodes of my previous podcast, Faking a Murderer, where I talk to people about the show Making a Murder without telling them I'd never seen it. So you can go up there and you can watch all this stuff. And we actually have a bonus scene from our previous guest, Jean Grey, where she has never seen the movie Bambi, and she rewrote it, and we did a full-on musical here in studio, and so we're going to play you a clip from that right now. So she hasn't seen any, like, childhood classics. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She just, like, skipped all of, like, her youth. Yeah. Wow. That's sad. I couldn't imagine what would happen to you in these woods if anything were to happen to me. Oh, no, but... That would never happen, right, Mom? You're going to live forever. Bam Mom nuzzles Bambi with her doe face and puts a leg arm around Bambi's whole deer body because Disney animals are flexible. Of course I am, Bambi. I'm going to live forever. You and I together. I will protect you until the end of time. 
always. Otherwise, that would be horrific. Okay, Mama, I believe you. But you know what would really make me believe? What's that, my precious Bambi? A song about everything we just talked about in detail and specifics. Song refrain, live forever begins. Oh my, well then a song we shall have. Can you, can you hear the music and do you know the song that we're about to sing? <laughs> yes, Mama! <laughs> somehow, somehow. Alright, so check that out. It is patreon.com <laughs> slash never seen it. Look guys, I don't work here. <laughs> <laughs> Today we are in studio with Langston Kerman and Steph Tolev. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Hello. Uh, today is a different episode. Today's episode is Kyle rewrites some of his friend's favorite movies. So I think, oh yeah. Come on, play that triangle. Uh, Do your job. (laughs) (laughs) Do I not know how? There's, there's, the string broke off, so it doesn't. that sucks. (laughs) You're like numbing the sound. Uh, I figured since, you know, so often I have people come in here and rewrite these movies and these TV shows and I didn't have to do much work. Well, it's, you know, I didn't, it's like my turn to jump back into the... Cool. Well, you worked mm-hmm. hard. These are thick. So I wrote a couple of scripts for some of your guys' favorite movies, and so we're going to lead in here. We're going to get right into it with our first one is Langston. You want it, Ghostbusters is one of your favorite movies. Oh, it's a classic. It's a classic movie. This one is maybe more than any that I get shit for. Yeah, well, it's it's... I think it's become this weird thing where people pretend like they don't like Ghostbusters too, yeah. and so like you know people shit all over that as if it wasn't also a really awesome film. Yeah, but Ghostbusters, <laughs> the first one is just like Jesus Christ. This is it's funny, it's yeah. scary, it's aged relatively well given the circumstances. Like yeah. mm-hmm. it's all the things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I probably did it no justice now. No. I... <laughs> no, no, no. I read a clip, and I did not like what you wrote down. <laughs> uh, me neither. Yeah, me neither. You've read anything I've ever done, too? Um, so I'll be doing the stage directions here. We'll let everyone know what characters we're playing. Steph, you want to go? I'm doing Igor, Ecto Cooler, and Policeman. All right. Nice. <laughs> 2018 is crazy. I'm not yeah. changing. I'm not changing. <laughs> uh, I am Bill Murray, Bill Gore, mm-hmm. and uh, Marshmallow Man. All right. Okay. And 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 joining us here again uh, on his seg- his back to back appearances after the episode with Gene Gray, we have you song on the piano. Yeah. T- tickling the plastic ivories. I guess that's redundant. Okay. <laughs> that's why no one laughs. Tickling the plastics. <laughs> 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 I think you're doing great. <laughs> I think, I'm I grabbed, I think this, I grabbed a Diet Mountain Dew because I thought it was a Diet Mountain Dew, and I heard that was a good diet soda, and it was a regular Mountain Dew in a different looking can. Oh, look at this! Oh, yeah, Doesn't it look like lighter. a diet yeah, can? Yeah, it does look like a diet. You know, from the back, it really looks like a diet. It's a real. Uh, We're gonna show it's a, a real tip of drill of a yeah, can. You know what I mean? <laughs> what people tell me what plays best on the radio is describing cans trademarked products <laughs> i think your patreon is gonna do great yeah <laughs> <laughs> thanks i'll give you the link uh <laughs> all right ghostbusters this is so good mm-hmm. interior fire station evening we're in a dusty old fire station in new york city 
The Big Apple, baby. The city's so nice, they named it New York. <laughs> Since 9-11 hasn't happened yet, some scientists are allowed to just live in an abandoned fire station. There's really no health code, no oversight, or anything else that would get in the way of the narrative from a logistical real estate perspective. The camera swoops through the fire station. The tables are covered in beakers and other nerd shit. <laughs> Throughout the station is four men working on respective tasks that will let us know a little bit about who their characters are. We see Igor, a tall, thin man with glasses, so you can tell he's the smartest of the bunch. He pours something from one beaker to another. Oh, fascinating. The protons combining with liquid nitrogen to concoct another big word. Then we see Bill Murray, who's standing behind a bar making a mixed drink out of all the ghost hunting chemicals. What won't this wild card do? Gotta watch out for him. Everything he says is a one-liner, and he ends everything by referencing a hypothetical crowd like he's a stand-up comedian from the 80s. Order up! One fa- one Faison green plasma drink on the rocks. <laughs> Great crowd. Everyone laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> Everyone laughs. Forceful, <laughs> scripted laughs. <laughs> this guy has a bright future. Next to his, next to his, next to him is Bill Gore. He's a little bit of Bill Murray and a little bit of Igor. No glasses, not funny, but just another guy. <laughs> the Bill Ingvall of Ghostbusters. He's standing in the middle of the most empty area of the fire station, holding a socket wrench. Hey, everyone. How about this weather? Crickets. Why is this guy here? Maybe a producer owed him an actor a favor. And last we see Pac, spelled P-O-C, an African-American man who definitely isn't just here to show how progressive and diverse this all-male cast of men is. Pac is soldering some wiring in a ghost gun pack. Is that... That's... No. Was no one cast as Pac? No. I think you should do it. Oh, wow. I it's very. Think, oh, I don't think boy. I should. Okay. Oh, boy, do I not like what this became. <laughs> Pac is soldering some wiring in a ghost Lordy, gun. Lordy, Lordy, all set. <laughs> what if you just made up this horrible dialogue and pretended I wrote it all? Kyle, why did you write Lordy, Lordy? <laughs> <laughs> there was no red line under the N word? <laughs> Oh, Lordy, Lordy. <laughs> Packs are all set just in case we need to. There's a beat. Ghostbus. Title card appears. Theme music plays. Everyone is sort of just standing around waiting for the theme music to end so the movie can continue. Pock coughs. Bless you. Motherfucker, I didn't sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> the title music ends. Suddenly an alarm goes off. In flies Ecto Cooler, a green slimy ghost based on a juice box. He screams every line. Alert! Alert! <laughs> Giant ghost spotted in Hoboken! Ghostbusters presence requested! We've got to move out. The city needs us. Grab the packs. Bill Murray chimes in. He's now wearing a kimono. What a funny guy. Just always doing something quirky routine. We should be grabbing for these super packs. This administration, right everybody? Let's get a round of applause for your host tonight. Bill Murray is cut off as we cut to interior fire station garage. A red and white hearse is parked in the garage. On the side of the car is a ghost with a line through it because all, even though they might just be a misunderstood group, all ghosts must be exterminated. There's no leeway since they're inferior. Everyone piles into the hearse and it takes off out of the garage towards Hoboken. On the roof of a car, bright red light begins to spin. They trigger a siren on the car. They're blistering down the bustling Manhattan Avenue when suddenly, sound effect of a police siren. They're being pulled over. <laughs> they pull They pull off to the side of the road. Police officer approaches Igor at the driver's window. License and registration, please. Igor reaches for the glove compartment while police officer continues. So what are you guys? You can't just drive around with a light and a siren on. We're Ghostbusters. We hunt ghosts. Police officer laughs. laughs. That's charming as fuck. Isn't it great that we live in a time where whimsical ideas like this could exist and not feel the need to be charged with political... 
diatribe. Sorry. Yeah, you did it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, the country is great and undivided right now. Fun can be fun. Everyone is not on edge. There can be silly movies about hunting cartoonish ghosts. Pock leans over from the passenger seat towards police officer. Say, jive turkey. <laughs> <laughs> It's a misconception that in the future, say 2018 or so, that the country would be suddenly more bigoted, socially or politically. It's always around, motherfucker. It's around right now in 19. I want to say 89. It could just be that in the future, say in 2018 or maybe 2016, something would happen that would enable people to feel more comfortable vocalizing their bigotry. And that would cause a divide. P.O. Pac is interrupted by police officer. I'm going to need you to step out of the car. Police officer calls on his radio. I'm going to need backup. Cut to Pac is handcuffed and being walked back <laughs> to the police car. The three other three remain in the hearse. Hey, let's go murder that ghost and save the world? City? I'm going to say world. Theme music returns. A montage of the guys driving through Manhattan towards the tunnel to New Jersey. The montage takes them by all New York landmarks in a way that doesn't make any sense (laughs) geographically, like that J-Lo Fiat commercial where she drove over the Brooklyn Bridge while singing Jenny from the Block. They pass Times Square, then Yankee Stadium, then those men in black spaceships from the World's Fair, then the Statue of Liberty, then arrive at the tunnel to New Jersey. Igor becomes visibly nervous. Wait, what is that? The river? It's, it's like a... Big stream. What? I can't cross streams. I never cross streams. Bill Murray is now in the college sweatshirt from Animal House. (laughs) I mean, technically, we're going under the stream. Going under. Bill Murray looks directly into camera. What is this? Pam Am Airlines? (laughs) Thanks for coming out, everyone. We've got a great show for you tonight. Sting is here. We'll be right back. Cut to exterior Hoboken, New Jersey night. The Ghostbusters are standing in the middle of the main street in Hoboken, which is where they are because I needed to leave New York (laughs) to make that cross streams joke. A low angle shot from behind the Ghostbusters starts at their feet and pans up revealing the Marshmallow Man, a giant ghost of camping trips past. Marshmallow Man bellows out. Help me. The Ghostbusters look at each other. We have to kill this thing. The Ghostbusters reach to their packs and grab these, I want to say, reverse bear trap looking things. <laughs> they throw them towards Marshmallow Man. The RBTLTs open and giant rays of plasma shoot up and begin sucking Marshmallow Man into them. All three RBTLTs are active. Ah, it's splitting me into three. The Ghostbusters stay calm while Marshmallow Man is ripped into three parts and sucked into the RBLTLTs. He can be heard crying out for help, yelling about how he had just had a question, etc., etc. So, where does he go now that he's sucked into that thing? Bill Murray is now wearing an I'm with stupid with an arrow pointing up shirt. (laughs) Where do any of us go? Um, The bathroom? Thanks, everyone. Please fill out the comment cards, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Fade to childhoods being ruined if they ever remake this. Even if they did a bunch of cool, a bunch of bad sequels in the wake of its success. Ecto Cooler flies towards the screen and acts as a transition wipe to the end credits, saying on his way by, Make sure to buy Halloween costumes and merchandise to support this movie. End. Yeah. I don't really know what... I think I got what happens. Yeah, I think That's pretty close. You... you, didn't not get it. <laughs> oh, we'll yeah, pull yeah. A real Trump. I know they suck him into stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. When I said you got it, I meant you didn't get you it. You didn't get it. <laughs> but just... I think that was obvious, and now that I've said it, it's uh, it's fixed. <laughs> what, what answer is best now? <laughs> that's the answer I do. I think I like Ghostbusters. No, nah, it, you got it. Bill Murray just cracks jokes. Yeah. Uh, Dan Aykroyd is a very uh, close mix between... Uh, 
uh, Harold Ramis and, and Bill It Murray. is Harold Ramis. Yeah. Did he direct it too? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, and Harold Ramis is like the smartest of the three. Is there a woman? Yeah, she she runs the front desk. That's right. And now I okay because I because there was no women and, in and that. It was it was because uh, then in the then reboot also, they had a guy doing that job. Yeah, and then they also had Sigourney Weaver as uh, Sigourney Weaver's in Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She the, She's Bone and Bill Murray. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. She's like the catalyst for like most of the problems that happen in the movie. Okay. Classic gals. You know what I mean, Steph. That's what we all do. Yeah, if, if it was a guy, it would be a dogalist. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe I'll check out Ghostbusters. Is the second one's really good? Uh, the, the girl one? Yeah. It's great. No, 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 not the girl one. Oh, there's a boy there's, too? There's boy Ghostbusters two. 1 and I think it's called Bad Boys 2, two actually. Bad Boys <laughs> there's two. Ghostbusters 1, then Bad Boys 2, Bad then Boys the all-female exactly. reboot of Ghostbusters. Uh, Martin Lawrence is not in both of those. You should be aware. <laughs> Bad Boys 2 I've seen. Great. <laughs> Uh, well, I'll check. I think Ghostbusters I'll watch. Yeah, Sometimes old comedies, the they either really hold up and are legitimately classics, or you're like, this is such a time. Like I just I watched Caddyshack mm-hmm. for the first time pretty recently and didn't think it was funny. I've never seen Caddyshack, um, but then I saw mm-hmm. like The Jerk as an adult, and I'm like, this is funny. Never seen The I Jerk. See that? Well, you know, I, there's only one blockbuster left. <laughs> <laughs> I'm legit uh, one of those people that doesn't know why Steve Martin is so important to everyone. Really? Yeah, like, and I know that's blasphemy as a stand-up and whatever, but, like, he's, like, hailed as, like, the, you know, mm-hmm. one of the greatest of all time, and, like, I've never seen any of the things that would make him that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Father of the Bride ain't doing it for right. him. Right, he's so. just a guy in a family romantic comedy yeah, exactly. at that point. That's what he's always been to me, is, yeah. like, just the dad in romantic comedy. He's funny so and the like, jerk. I think he exists, and I don't, you know, describing, like, cutting apart comedy is whatever, but yeah. it's, I watched, he had that special come out with Martin Short that is on Netflix, mm-hmm. and the two of them are such performers, they're performing, they're, it is so unlike what stand-up comedy is now. There's nothing personal about it. Everything is yeah. under this like mask of we're on stage. And so you're like, well, this it feels weird. I think they're both funny. And I like the special and laughed a lot. But it doesn't feel like what – I don't see how that influence – you know, so it feels disconnected yeah. from what we're doing. I think they I, – I think he's like one of those guys that, you know, in a lot of ways we're going to always look at for having invented a genre. Yeah. And we celebrate that, and he will always be an icon for that. But yeah. if we're looking back at the work itself, it's like, all right, but, you know, people are doing it better now. Like, yeah. it's not. He does mm-hmm. seem to be like, there. You've I, like, have some, like, old records and stuff. Mm-hmm. And when you listen to, like, older albums, like Steve Martin, you're like, oh, everyone in Brooklyn was doing this. Mm-hmm. Everyone was making fun of comedy while they were doing comedy. He just did it in front of 50,000 people. And then at that point, it's like, what? They were. They say his jokes along with him. Mm-hmm. They're like, it's like a. It's closer to music. Everyone knows what he's doing. Everyone's like waiting for specific jokes. It's fair. I can see why he quit doing it. Yeah, honestly. he's a rock star. Because it's like they're like, do King Tut, <laughs> and then he would do King Tut, and they're like, thank you. You know what I mean? There's like no <laughs> surprise to it. It's, Good. He's. Yeah. It's almost. It's very weird. It's very weird. And but it's you know. I'd like to do one show like that though, where someone's saying all your jokes <laughs> along with you. It'd be crazy. Yeah. I couldn't think of anyone who knows both of my jokes. <laughs> so you have someone like that. You're doing a seven minute set, and they call out everything they want you to do. All right, now do the tag. <laughs> Close out. Riff on the guy in the front. 
<laughs> in the front. Uh, it is such a. It used to be so performative and so theatrical. That's what it is like with Steve Martin. I don't know how we got on this Steve Martin. It like did you watch? Uh, what was it called? Oh hello. Yes. yes. That's what he feels like. Oh, but yes. that's that's amazing. Yeah. But I love Oh Hello. Oh Hello is that is kind of how I feel like he was where Right, and that's what I'm saying is that like as somebody who who didn't come into him as like a, a contemporary right like he wasn't a young person when I was a young person. Yeah, exactly. So I'm rewatching this shit. It's like, "Oh, no, I can go watch John Mulaney and Nick Kroll do this better." Yeah, and yeah. they're doing it relative yeah, to yeah, how yeah, you've yeah, lived yeah, your life. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, I, yeah, I would just want to Martin burn the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, He's never going to do your podcast now, and I'm sorry to tell you that. It was truly the only thing in between him and doing the podcast was me not saying any, having a guest say anything about not relating to him on this episode. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, okay, Steph, you sent me a lot of movies, and I'd seen almost all of them. You saw you didn't see Clifford though. I hadn't seen. I thought Clifford was about a dog. Have you seen Clifford with oh, Martin is that Short? What this is? No, it's oh, oh, that's so funny with Martin Short, Steve Martin, Clifford. Yeah. Have, you <laughs> Have you seen Clifford? I've Clifford's never seen so Clifford funny. Either. I think it's Martin Short's funniest movie. Okay. But you didn't. Write I that. haven't seen it. It's um, a comedy. He plays Martin Short. Where he's like forty-five at the time. He plays like a twelve-year-old boy, oh. and it's so believable. It's crazy. Yeah. So that that's like. But you liked uh, was it Billy Madison? Or was it Happy Gilmore? Happy Gilmore. I don't know why I really like Happy Gilmore. But I really I love Happy movie. Gilmore. Wait, no, Billy Madison is the one where Billy he's Madison a kid. is when he plays a twelve-year-old kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but he doesn't play. Yeah, Mark no, he's a forty-five-year-old like going back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but he's not a kid in Billy That's Madison. Right. He just is a grown Amongst man kids. who has to go back to school. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. also funny. I laughed. It was great. It was hilarious. Yeah, uh, but it's tough. So I, <laughs> it was wait, but he's actually a child. In yes, there? but okay. he looks like he has like his little mushroom cut, and he looks like a little weirdo, and he plays this little weird kid. Sure, it's really funny. All right. What I, I liked it. is when you were listing all of yours. They're all comedies. You're like planes, trains, and automobiles. Happy Martin, Gilmore, Home Steve Alone, Martin. Clifford. <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, okay. Uh, and I told you, I'm like, it's tougher with comedies because you, you know. And then you go, okay, traffic. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, well, I know about that movie, and I know it's Steven Soderbergh, and that's about, and I kind of knew, I knew a little bit, but I have never seen it. It's a great movie. Have you seen Langston? I have seen Traffic. I don't have a, a sharp memory of it. But I okay. saw it. Like every like every area they're in, the whole like the visual changes. Like when they're in Mexico, yeah. it's like very sepia tone. It just visually, it's very yeah, it's dope. Yeah, yeah. Dope. I remember yeah. watching it and being like, "This is dope," and then like putting it out of my mind, which is that happens with yeah. movies a lot. I think. What's it called? The guy from um, that '70s show plays like a heroin addict too. I don't know why I liked that. Topher Grace. Yeah. Oh. Oh. What it, I when I started to think about traffic, I legitimately thought of it as uh, oh two thousand Sicario, like that's, that's what it popped it up. It is kind of like that. It's yeah. not, and, not that. Um, yeah. and it's, I it seemed I hadn't seen it. I, I but I'd always been like one that was on my list of movies to see. But 
Anyways, we'll get it. This is traffic. I like drugs. Um, so. Okay. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm glad we now have a promotional clip, too. Uh, I like and drugs. And a sponsor. <laughs> uh, hey, so, guys, you know, it's about time you rethink how you're doing your drugs. We've got a subscription-based, to-your-door, curated box drug system. Uh, I look- <laughs> text this to you, but I, me and my girlfriend were listening to your podcast, yeah. and she could not stop laughing at how bad you are at advertising. <laughs> The toothbrushes. I know, and I it's crazy. And I told you I'm I'm really bad at it, but I really do like that toothbrush. <laughs> no, it felt genuine. Uh, it felt genuinely like you wanted to have better things to say, but you didn't know how. I don't it was, know because it it was bad. Everyone who personally knows me and has ever met me hears the ads, and they're just like, "This isn't how he behaves." Because, <laughs> and I think it's because I'm being earnest. Yeah, and they're like. But I do like that toothbrush, and we did have an ad for it before this episode. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's 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 a hard. I'm not good at that stuff. No, I'm, I'm not, not good at being genuine. I've been told uh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be. Well, anyways, traffic. Uh, this is yeah. I guess all I knew was Soderbergh, and this is like early and Oscary. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Oh, and let's read who we're playing here in traffic. Oh, go ahead. Uh, Michael Douglas, Benicio Del Toro, and Kid 2. Nice. I'll be Don Cheadle, Kid 1, and Garmin GPS. Let me ask you before we get in. All those guys are in it, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Kid 2 especially. Kid 2 is in it? Okay. <laughs> yeah. it, it's actually Kid also, I think, when it translates. <laughs> but. Traffic. Exterior. Los Angeles Police Station. Day. The brutal summer heat of late August, South Los Angeles, California. Everything is saturated with the kind of red and orange hue that makes you think, hey, this director's making some decisions. <laughs> and also think, okay, I'm in the reddish and orange storyline section of this movie. <laughs> the front of the building reads Drug Enforcement Agency. The EN and MENT lights and enforcement are shorting and blink off and on, so the sign reads Drug Force Agency. Subtle foreshadowing, all within the budgetary restrictions of an early 2000s Oscar Beatty ensemble cast flick. Down the sidewalk walks Michael Douglas, a no-nonsense DEA cop with nothing left to prove. He's carrying a suitcase and walks through the front door of the police station. Cut to interior, Los Angeles Police Station Day. Michael Douglas walks into his office and opens his suitcase. It's full of guns and heroin. In a sequence of events that makes Requiem for a Dream look like Finding Nemo, Michael Douglas begins to mainline heroin right in his office. He lets out a... That's the good shit right there. Into his office walks Don Cheadle, a some-nonsense cop with little <laughs> left to prove. Think Michael Douglas throwing together a Jack Sparrow Halloween costume with just stuff around the house. That's our look here. Boss, are you doing heroin? Michael Douglas is deep in it right now. He's on the horse. Know thy enemy. Boss, I got a lead that there is a guy trying to sell the last half of a marijuana joint only three hours from here. Michael Douglas jumps up stone sober. The fuck he is! I figured if we leave now, we can go We can go bust this fucker and help get this piece of shit off the streets once and for all. We can't have people out there selling half a marijuana joint. It'll tear apart families. The two get up and grab the largest possible... Oh, I re, sorry, I reordered everything. So the two get up and grab the largest possible guns and run out. And this is Cheadle grab strap a rocket launcher to his back. 
Cut to exterior, Los Angeles streets, day. Everything has this bizarre bluish hue now. We're in the blues storyline now. This must be from a different <laughs> point of view, and we must be too dumb to be able to tell the difference unless it's ex- is it, it's as explicit as make the other storyline look like a completely different movie. Anyways, everything is blue and washed out. Benicio Del Toro is at a payphone. He takes a puff of a joint, taking it down to 52, from 52% to 51% remaining. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Let me just hop in my car and I'll head over. Oh, this is good stuff. It's half a joint. Yeah, I'll fuck the world, compadre. Okay. Benicio writes down an address, hangs up the payphone, and walks across the street back to a house. Cut to interior Benicio del Toro's house a day. Still in the blue hue story, Benicio grabs his keys, and suddenly two kids run up and grab him by the legs, one leg each. Are you leaving? Yeah, don't leave, Dad. I'll be right back. Uh, okay. Ah, oh, shit, he's got a family. We're sympathetic towards the drug dealer now. This complicates the story. Benicio walks outside and gets in his car and starts to back out of the driveway. Cut to exterior, some Los Angeles highway, afternoon. Michael Douglas and Don Cheadle are in a detective's car. One of those long Lincolns where you can just pop some little spinny light on the top when you need to chase someone. They're waiting to turn left to get on the freeway, but there are too many cars coming via incoming traffic. Isn't it three? Are you still allowed to take a left here, three to seven? I'm not sure. Did you see a sign? I'm too far into this intersection now. Don Cheadle rubbernecks back to try and see a sign. Yeah, I can't see anything. Fuck it, I'll just wait until the light changes. It's kind of an unwritten rule like that. And then Don Cheadle and Michael simultaneously finish the sentence. Two cars can go left after the light changes. They look up at the light. Green! They continue looking at the light. Green! The light turns to the yield color and they say the next two lines at the same time. Yellow! Yellow. <laughs> oh, oh, we say it together again. Orange! <laughs> one of you is supposed to say yellow and one of you is supposed to say orange. <laughs> I, know, I know I didn't make a I mistake. I can't read. It was okay. hard to... Fo- I couldn't figure out how to... For- I googled okay. how to... Fo- I couldn't figure out how to All format right. them next to each other. Oh, anyway. that's, the, that's an easy fix. Yeah. This silly mishap leads to a good laugh between the two. The light turns red and Michael Douglas pulls through the intersection and onto the entrance ramp. There's a line of cars in the entrance ramp. Fuck! The meter is on. Cut to exterior some Los Angeles highway afternoon. We're back in the blue hue now. As an audience, we're comfortable knowing that the blue hue storyline is the drug dealer and the orange-red hue storyline is the DEA. Benicio Del Toro is, giving, is driving his car, sitting in standstill traffic. His Garmin GPS is trying to reroute a faster route. It reads one hour and 24 minutes to destination. Heavy traffic ahead. Fuck, I fucking know, Garmin. <laughs> <laughs> is that what he sounds like? I don't In my head, so it is. All, it's pretty good. But I think it's so funny. It's Benicio sharp. grabs the Garmin and begins typing in other potential routes to get them there. And he's speaking what he, he's doing as he's doing it. Okay, what if I take the 101 to the 110, and that'll run into the 405 once we pass downtown? The Garmin One calculates. hour and 30 minutes on that route. That is more! I know. I'm sorry. It's okay, Garmin. Benicio tries a new route in the Garmin. Okay, what if we try local, huh? <laughs> I had to get this half joint to the drug person and make money for my family. Benicio is facing down, tapping away on his Garmin. We cut to exterior some Los Angeles Highway afternoon. Back to the red-orange shoe. Michael Douglas and Don Cheadle are still sitting at the entrance ramp. They are next to the meter, which switches to green. Green! <laughs> <laughs> they coast down the entrance ramp and towards the highway. Fuck, we gotta find a way to merge. Why don't we just turn the siren on? Come on, man. We're trying to stay low profile here. Michael Douglas glances over at the traffic for a place to merge. He sees a car he thinks he can slide in front of, but the driver of that car is distracted. 
the fuck is this guy looking at? I gotta get over there. Cut to exterior, some blue Los Angeles, hi- some Los Angeles highway afternoon. Blue hue storyline. Benicio is focused on his GPS. He is looking at an option on the Garmin that says remove highways. Like, delete them? Benicio begins <laughs> to have a fantastical dream where all of the highways are gone, and they were turned into Chocolate River from Willy Wonka. He smiles, takes a breath, and can you tell that's right when my caffeine kicked in on coffee this morning? <laughs> okay. He smiles, takes a breath, and glances up when he notices a car trying to merge in front of him on the highway. He gently presses on his brakes and waves the car over in front of him. Cut to exterior, some Los Angeles highway, afternoon. Red-orange shoes storyline. Michael Douglas and Don Cheadle have just been waved into traffic by... Benicio del Toro. What a fucking twist. The red orange hue fades in with the blue hue and we get a normal color palette. Michael Douglas makes eye contact with Benicio del Toro and gives him a smile in one of those little car to car waves. Nice guy. Yep. Fade to black. Hey guys, Kyle from Never Seen It here. I found a new podcast I want to let you guys know about. I think that you would like. Ethnically Ambiguous. Ethnically Ambiguous is a podcast about the immigrant minority experience, but in, you know, a, a, a fun way, not just uh, skimming headlines on Twitter. What does that mean, though? That is that it has your hosts, Iranian-American Anna and Syrian-American Shireen, walk you through being a modern Middle Easterner in today's climate. They discuss growing up with immigrant parents. They tell you stories from history that will help you make sense of all the news coming out of the Middle East. Some topics that they cover. They cover discovering sexuality within immigrant families. Being raised as an outsider, stereotypes about Middle Easterners that may or may not be true, interviews with other minorities in the entertainment industry, representation in television and film, historical reporting in the Middle East, and a lot more. It's hosted by Iranian-American Anna and Syrian-American Shireen. So check out Ethnically Ambiguous. I really do think you like my show. I think you're going to want to check it out. It's something that will interest you. It's very different. It's very fun. It's very unique. It comes out every Monday, which makes uh, beginning your week even better. Uh, so check it out on Mondays. It's produced by How Stuff Works. And li- listen to it. Subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, it always really helps out giving ratings and reviews and stuff. So if you enjoy it, go ahead and check it out and subscribe to them wherever you listen to podcasts. Ethnically Ambiguous. Check it out. That's yeah. exactly That's it. That's exactly movie. <laughs> Can I say that you uh, are probably the best Benicio Del Toro <laughs> I've I'll, ever heard? I'll do him for a stick or treat. It's great. <laughs> uh, yes, the comedian with which we're all familiar, Benicio Del yes. Toro. Classic comedy. I knew more about that movie than I thought I did when I started writing it. Mm-hmm. I know those guys are in it. I know that some of them, I don't know who plays what, but I know some of them are in the DEA. That's so, almost exactly it. And that. Uh, and the Hughes. And then it's like. Were the hues correct? I think so, yeah. Wow. The DEA was a blue and the... So you did the idea? Uh, I think I did the other yeah. way just because yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, Well, yeah, that's all. I knew there were like very distinct colors to it. Sure. And someone, I don't know, there's like something... Some reason the drugs become... Uh, what's it? What's it like? Fine or whatever. They like humanize all the drug people, or I don't know. I don't know that much about it, but I know that one of them works for the DEA. He's like mm-hmm. some hard nose drug war on drugs guy. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. One of those movies. Exactly. It. Well, there we go. I'll have to jump. I think I'm gonna watch these ones. I might actually watch both of these. I think they're good movies. They really are. <laughs> we have good taste. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> Look at uh, you guys. <laughs> it was fun watching you guys organize saying the word green together. <laughs> Honestly, I just followed her shoulders every time she looked <laughs> at her shoulders. <laughs> I, I got like, excited. All right, we're going to say it now. <laughs> I got really excited for some reason saying it at the same time. <laughs> Little things amuse me. I think we really did the the syncing up pretty well. Yeah. Though. Yeah. So I know you all have done the show before. Sure. And kind of know what we talk about when we're doing the show. So what I want to ask you guys now, is there any trash that you're investing a lot of time in watching? Mm. Yeah, it's embarrassing. I started watching Friends. And I'm like, oh. I know. 
I know, and I'm like, I can't. It's like I put on the background when I'm getting ready and stuff, and like making dinner. It's annoying. I get, I get furious that people suggest that that's a good show. It's not. <laughs> it's I get it's bad. I get so angry that there's no way you're watching that show and genuinely laughing. No, you might laugh ironically. You might sure. be laughing at sort of like a, a moment that like you, laughing that it was a show that yeah, was popular. Yeah, yeah. But there's no way you're sitting there watching these these pre-alcoholics do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And actually enjoying yeah. the thing. No, it's not good. No. I'm not, I'm embarrassed by it. How much of it have you watched? I think I'm at like season seven and I started like- <laughs> It's I started, like 24 episodes sure. a season. Yes, it's a lot. But like I, I'm barely, like I'm on Tinder at the same time, so I'm barely looking at it, but it's just, the, it's right. like on the background. It's like, good ambience. And every time Ross talks, I get like so fucking pissed off. Like it's very strange. Yeah. That's no. 53 hours of Friends in the first six oh seasons. Oh my God, that's you, really embarrassing. And then, I, I mean, I counted for commercials. I did 22 I minute episodes. Say, I'm pretty impressed by your math. 20, I got great. a calculator. Oh, okay. 24, <laughs> 22 minute episodes, and then six seasons. You're looking at, yep, 3,200 minutes of Friends. Wow. That's so embarrassing. That's pretty bad. How long have you been getting into this? <laughs> Only a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just kind of. I'm. I gotta start writing more. I think that's the problem. I gotta stop watching Friends and writing jokes. Yeah, remember when I asked you if you want to do the show? And you said you didn't have time to write something. Yeah. You're what? watching 54 hours of yeah, Friends. Sorry, I am writing. She's a, a liar. She's <laughs> a goddamn liar. Oh God. Well, that's all right. I've uh, I've personally been watching Dragon Ball Super. I'm very big on anime, and yeah. it's a uh, it's a continuation of Dragon Ball Z. I have lots of questions about Dragon Ball. Sure, the, I have the, all, almost the, the, all the answers. The the DBEU, the Dragon Ball Extended Universe, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, which is actually a thing. Yeah. So I used to not watch canon, but it is a yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. I used to watch Dragon Ball Z growing up. Sure. And I liked it a lot. And give me an idea. Let me know if this is a rough idea of a timeline of. If I'm thinking about this in the right timeline. Yeah. I remember the first Frieza storyline where they go to Namek, right? Yes. All right. Planet Namek. Where Piccolo's from. Yep. Okay. Right, Steph? Are you it's, following us? It's yeah. Absolutely no <laughs> Piccolo is a green man, and they are technically the black people of the universe. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, they all are voiced by, except for Piccolo, are like voiced by black men and yeah. like- they like are treated like slaves by these oppressive colonies. Yeah. But they have their own like way of living and doing things and so they wear like baggy Zumba pants. They it's, do. Yeah. They're the black people of the universe one hundred percent. Google this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what his name is Piccolo, which is yeah. interesting because it is a thing. And Kami. And one of them's of, name is Kami. Which one was Kami? Kami was Piccolo's. Uh, technically, it's Piccolo's. What's his shape? Because that would be how they would differentiate he was within the, the same man race of people in, would be like shape. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, he was the old man who looked over the earth. Okay. You know, yeah, the yeah, old yeah. green guy yeah. who like watches over the earth. And yeah. technically, he's Piccolo's uncle. Although they eventually merge into the same person. Sure. Yeah. So that happened, and that was, I remember that being a very long story arc. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I remember it being that way. It could be very different because it, lots of times nothing would happen in a whole episode. Sure. And they would be like, a lot of it was based on the next time ons. That seems even almost be like a, like a meme joke about the show. Yeah. And so they did that, and I remember that. And then I remember, I think Goku dies, or he spirit bombs, and Frieza doesn't die, but, like, it's cut into pieces into space or something. Yeah, Goku, well, Frieza does die, at least we think he's dead. Yeah. But uh, Goku 
No, Goku survives that. Okay. I can't believe how... I've just thought about... I, for some reason, I was thinking about Dragon Balls either, and this is such a perfect... This is, has, couldn't have less to do with the idea. That, but yeah, <laughs> it is like the idea of what is vaguely left in my head about Dragon Balls. Okay, so the Frieza... What would they call that? The Frieza story arc? Frieza, the first one? Well, it's the Frieza saga, and then yeah. it's followed by the Cell Chronicles. And then I remember Cell, yeah. but that just seems complicated and long. Oh, I, you don't want to get into because that. Because I remember... <laughs> There's what, time travel Where it involved. ends with me We is... all don't want to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> no, Steph's miserable right but now. I, but I need <laughs> no, to I'm... know. There's not often I have like a back and forth resource, I, and you sure. can't go read about Dragon Ball Z. It's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I ended with me in my head with Gohan killing Cell. Yes, Gohan does kill Cell with like Ghost Goku. Goku dies in the Cell in the Cell Chronicles, okay. and then they eventually wish Goku back to life, and then that's when the Majin Buu, uh, who's big fat saw. guy, yes, okay, I remember but then that he one. turns into Who talks like a, a really, really high pitched voice. Yeah, he's a bad motherfucker, but then he turns into a really like. A uh, muscular kid, and yeah. that's the worst version of him. Yeah. And uh, he beats the shit out of everybody until eventually Goku uh, manages to spirit bomb him to death too. That's kind of where I think I fell off. Is that the end of Dragon Ball Z? Uh, that's the end of Dragon Ball Z, and then you get into the. Then they went into Dragon Ball GT, which was the yeah. non-canon shit where they had like Super Saiyan Four, and everybody was super pissed about it. Right? Wouldn't everyone's hair just get longer? No, that's Super Saiyan Three. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Super Saiyan Four was when <laughs> was when they literally transformed into like ape like men. Um, they turned into giant. Oh, apes. the huge, huge ones that would. Well, they turn into giant apes, and then Super Saiyan Four is when they can consolidate that into a mix of the ape and themselves. Okay, so they're just dudes with tails and like hairy bodies. Is this? Let me ask you a question, Steph. As someone who has no idea what any of this is. Mm-hmm. Would you ever dive into something like this? Absolutely or does it just seem like there's an no, overwhelming there's amount of content? There's way too much going on. Yeah, is it, way too much Is it because on. it's like a anime or is it because it's like a daunting amount of unseen stuff? I think that. And look, I watch Friends. I need simple stories. I love that I was shitting on you for Friends. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like going on these rants about the various <laughs> forms of men who don't exist. Goku. Well, there's some, and, it's like such yeah. a specific... And it's... It, We've never talked about anime on this show. Oh, well, I'm I'm a huge anime and nerd. that's the most mainstream anime. Yeah, to the I, point where some anime fans don't like it. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, I think it's like uh, it's it's hacky now. Really, you know what I mean? Because like, it was the first really. I mean, it probably it's just wasn't the like the all, most but... easily palatable. Honestly, it's just like everybody because it became so much a part of pop culture. Yeah, like anybody can sort of be a part of it. But there's way cooler anime. There's just like much more like, you know, better art, like cooler yeah. stories, things that are a little more grounded and less absurd. So it's like the Seinfeld of anime, mm. which is kind of the <laughs> yeah, example maybe. of the show. It's kind of like being a fan of Superman. Like, if okay. Superman's your favorite superhero, you're a fucking dork. Yeah. So, you know what but I mean? to some people, Superman is just how all superheroes. Yes. Okay. He, yeah. Yeah. This is a, because I'm like in this middle with that. That's such a, I couldn't imagine diving into anime now in my life. Yeah. I'm, I'm ashamed to still be diving. <laughs> <laughs> Not even from like disliking it, but just from feeling like it's an overwhelming world of entertainment that 
I know I could I don't know I know don't know a single thing about well, it. Well the thing is not to like try to make sense of the world and just to pick some shit you like. You know what I mean? Like you you hear recommendations of like cool things and you're like, all right, I'm gonna watch that thing. Okay. And it feels you, like it'd be like someone's like, You should read comic books. I'd be like, What's the first comic book? Yeah. See, where does, that's where does that way come more, from to me? That's way more overwhelming because you have like comic books branch off into different worlds, right? Yeah. So there are versions of Batman that someone wrote where Batman goes this far and then he dies and then they he's replaced by this guy and then this happens. But then there are versions of Batman where he becomes a bad guy and yeah. like it's like Doesn't ah it that's just feel way like too sometimes you missed it mm-hmm. and you just can't do it now. Yeah. I can't I mean I'm not even gonna I haven't even seen Seinfeld because it seems so daunting to go really? back you and watch the show. You haven't seen Seinfeld. No. Oh it's one of the well, best things nuts. ever made. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are actually the first people to ever tell me it's good. Really? I find it no, very funny. Absolutely not. Oh, like, what? I was like, what? I was like comedians <laughs> don't. Sometimes I feel like I I there's too much of something and I don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. I would say Season episode one. one. All, yeah, that's a little different because the of, pilot of Friends. But I'd who has who has who has 53 hours over a couple months to catch up on a television <laughs> well, <you> show? Know, <laughs> only a sick, sick woman. Very, very lonely. I guess okay? it's Canadian time though, so it's a little bit faster. Yes, or whatever. I still live in Toronto. It's like 70 percent the speed mm-hmm. of regular time. Yes, that's what I thought. I saw that on the back of a book. And also, if you uh, use the time too much, it's like, oh, it's fine. Go ahead, have more. We'll find more. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it just seems so daunting, and then I just rewatch the same stuff I've already seen, so I don't have to feel. Yeah, that's that got sad. I'm gonna yes. shake this <laughs> to make right. the hurt go away. <laughs> well, we're gonna we got we got two games. Yeah, maybe three, but probably just two uh, that we want to do real quick. One of them. We oh will, wait. What's up? Little Shop of Horrors is Steve Martin, and he was fucking great in that. And I, <laughs> I apologize, Steve Martin. Oh, right. yeah. Oh, does he want to do the podcast? <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, cool. He just tweeted at us that he said he would still do it. Uh, something about a bluegrass band. Nice. <laughs> okay, so we got uh, two games. One of them we've played before, and the other one's a new game. Nice. And this is a premiere of the new game. It's called game. Cattle Call, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to start listing people, and that were pre- that were first choices for a famous role mm-hmm. and didn't pick it, and then you have to guess what role that is. Okay, so you have to guess what role they turned down. Sure, and so yeah, that's pretty self-explanatory, yep. right? I've never explained it, so that seems to make sense. So I'll list mm-hmm. these. Uh, there were s- one. Well, two, we three. guess what role they turned down. Yeah, yeah. So okay. yeah. Um. And so here's these six people turned down this role before the actor who took it took mm-hmm. it. First person, George Clooney. Second person, Bruce Willis. Third person, John Travolta. Mm. Fourth person, Nicolas Cage. Jerry Maguire. No. Fifth person, Ralph Fiennes. Ralph Fiennes. Huh? Am I saying that right? Anyways, <laughs> that, I don't think that was the one. No, if I pronounce it right, I don't think you're the one I'm going to get. I don't think your producer is invested. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the sixth person, no, no, he's playing Super Mario 64 on the computer. Uh, and the uh, and sixth and final person who turned down this role is Mel Gibson. Wow. Turned down the role. And it's not Mission Jerry Impossible. <laughs> 
Mission Impossible. It's Mission Impossible. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thought it was going to be. I had a but feeling I was like, it, was, it had to be a Tom Cruise yes, movie. Yes. Oh, man. It was just too much of uh, Tom Cruise almost. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of it was like if yeah. he, he wasn't famous enough. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, uh, Ethan Hunt. Tom Cruise wow. and Mission Impossible. Wow. Okay. That was huge. All right. Good call. You, well, you've set me up very easily. <laughs> hey, we're a team. Come we're on. always a Jerry Maguire away from the answer. <laughs> sure. I'm going to keep guessing Jerry Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> what if that was what I had planned next? Uh, all right. The people who didn't take this role. Cuba sure. Gooding Sr. Uh, no. It's <laughs> um, okay. This one is two characters. So... Three people turn down one of the main characters. Four people turn down the other one of the main characters. Does okay. that make sense? Yes. Are we, we're just starting with one character. Yes. Yeah, so this right. is three. These three guys turn down the same character: John Cusack, Matthew Broderick, mm. Sam Rockwell. All right, it's got to be somebody. Some eighties movie. And almost handsome. These four people turn down the other lead role: Robert Pattinson. Might eliminate the eighties movie. Yeah. Colin Hanks. Reed Scott and Penn Badgley. I don't know. So it's not Breakfast Club. It's not Breakfast. Club. Okay. Is it? Is it that movie with? Uh, oh, it's a television show. Oh, it's uh, a television show. Oh well, now I'm wasting my goddamn. Just time. shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the old John Cusack, Robert Pattinson vehicle. <laughs> oh man. Um, television show. Oh, is it? Is it? Uh, what was the HBO show that got bad? Uh. That that was real good the first season and then got real terrible the second season. Damn, <laughs> it's not that though. It's not that not HBO show. You know what I'm talking about. Main part of the whole show: John Cusack, Matthew Broderick, Sam Rockwell. Matthew. Man, these guys all seem too young. And then the secondary Sick character, come. Colin Hanks. Has anybody said "Just Shoot Me"? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that could be a title of it though. Um. Okay. Robert what was it Pattinson. on? Can you give us the network? Yeah. Uh, AMC. AMC. Walking Dead? Is it Walking Dead? That's, that's what I was going to say. That's all I know on AMC. <laughs> oh, is it Preacher? No. Oh. More, uh, I guess. Oh, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Really? Wow, they went to Matthew Broderick first? That was the notes that Before they... Cranston? Yeah. They... Are people nuts? From from what I was reading was uh, the, the creator of the show liked Brian Cranston, but the- People who were producing the show didn't think he was famous enough. And wow. Was a movie star. Wow. What an awful show that would have been. Have <laughs> they not seen Malcolm in the Middle? Malcolm in the Middle is one of the funniest so funny. family sitcoms it out there. It truly is. It honestly is. It's, it's unreal. It's incredible. It's one of the f- uh, first comedies where my parents and I both absolutely loved the show. Right. It's like my parents really liked shows. I didn't watch a bunch. And it was like... Malcolm in the more than even like The Simpsons or anything. Sure. We both are like, this is the funniest thing. It's and you can so rewatch funny. it and I legitimately I think the parents are the funniest yeah. comedy show parents ever. That's so that's good. how my family was, or at least me and my dad were with uh married with children. Yeah. Yeah. We were like, Man, this is this is good, right? And like, yeah, <laughs> I think good. my parents really liked it, but I think they thought I shouldn't watch it. Oh, it was it was inappropriate <laughs> for sure. Oh, they were correct. <laughs> it was mostly him just like telling you that like it's okay to gawk at women and mistreat your family mm-hmm. and shit. But and they were right. <laughs> Still are. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> All right, game two here. Uh, here we got the. This is the before and afters. So you remember we mm-hmm. we mesh 
two movie plots into one oh, and two okay. movie titles into one, and I read you the new movie's plot, and you tell me what the title of that movie would be. So, like, for instance... Oh, I didn't play this game before. Uh, an example would be if... Uh, this example we use every time... If you like use a, the same goddamn example, well, well, I'll, you kill myself. Example. <laughs> I'll kill myself in your studio. And we are on a time limit. That is true. That uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Because then I'd have to, get, I'd have to get that cleaned up. Uh, no, I'm going to find a new one. Nope, I'm finding a new one. We're going to go back to an old, old before and afters. <laughs> um, okay, here's a, here's an example. Yeah, sure. A beautiful princess with magical hair must escape the tower she's been locked in so she can defeat the evil CEO of Lecter Corp, a company that makes cigarettes, alcohol, and fast food. Mm. And that's Pootie Tangled. Pooty tangles. I like that. Okay, all right. Okay. Nice. We all happy with the example? I love yes. it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. None of them are as good as that one. Sure. Here's number one. A brilliant scientist who survived a man-made plague wanders a golf course alone, avoiding bloodthirsty mutants and working to coach a derailed former golfer back into the great golfer he once was. I am Happy Gilmore. That's close. Uh, Something with Caddyshack in there. I don't know anything. It's legend. It's I am legend and Happy Gilmore. It's not Happy Gilmore. It's not Happy Gilmore. Golf. Oh damn! And it's, it's golf. Even the same actor in both. Of them. Oh shit! I know what it is. I am Bagger Vance. I am legend of Bagger. Vance. I am legend of Bagger <laughs> good. Vance. Very go. good. Very good. Very yeah, good. Here we are. Not we're even doing close. <laughs> we're Here doing we are. the art. Did <laughs> <laughs> you say we're doing the art? <laughs> All right. An acapella, this is number two. An acapella group has to help one of their own reconcile the fact that their boyfriend might never love her as much as he loves the Boston Red Sox. Mm, that's that Jimmy Fallon movie and the the uh, Anna Kendrick movie mushed together. I don't know either of those. This is all on you. What's the, you don't know the, the, the movie? The acapella with... group one has like three sequels. Yeah. Damn, I can't think of the name though. It's with the Australian woman who's very funny. I'll tell you the common Rebel. the common word in this title is pitch. Yeah, pitch perfect. Oh, okay. Pitch perfect two. And <laughs> 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 I just picked the, the That's it. The Jimmy oh. Fallon movie is called Two. Yeah. Oh, Jimmy Fallon. Uh and I don't remember what the Jimmy Fallon movie right, is. Right. It's it's the two things mushed together okay. though. Fever Pitch Perfect. Fever Pitch Perfect, too. You know, yeah. Fever Pitch, the movie at the forefront of our minds all the time. <laughs> yeah. You're probably just talking about Fever Pitch outside, that's why. <laughs> Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore are uh, I don't find madly Fallon. in love, <laughs> except he <laughs> loves baseball more than her. I know, it's just funny watching Steph somehow listen less and less as that sentence goes like, on. I hate <laughs> nothing about that I'll ever see. God, yeah. There goes another guest. <laughs> no, Jimmy Fallon's not going to do your show. Uh, we're not getting anyone. Uh, yeah. All right. Number three. They, these last two are a little harder. Jimmy Maybe. Fallon's not going to pretend to laugh at your games. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Neither are you guys. <laughs> a veteran Los Angeles boxing trainer who refuses to form close bonds with anyone reluctantly agrees to train a baby who is secretly a spy on a mission to thwart a plot that involves a battle between puppies and babies. Million dollar boss baby. Million dollar boss <laughs> baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good at these. <laughs> I knew that one. <laughs> All I said was a veteran, and he goes, million dollar boss baby. I knew, <laughs> as soon as you said veteran boxer, I was like, I know the first one. Yeah. And then I started I to, to smell it coming. All right, mm-hmm. Last one. A mill worker and a rich girl are desperately in love. When the mill worker goes off to war, it seems as though their love affair is over. The world turns to a wasteland 
and the mill worker returns, marching across ruined landscape, carrying all of the letters he ever wrote, the literal last hope for humanity's redemption, in search for his love. Mm. Okay, it's the love one with uh, the guy from Canada. Is that right? I mean, Go you're on. right, but that's incredible how you got there. I've never even seen that movie. Go on. I don't know the what you're doing. The one where now. he's like, he, the, she dies or something. I've never seen it. What's his name? Ooh, Set the title Reeves? of the podcast on the podcast. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Is it Keanu Reeves? No. No, no, no. It's it's a blonde guy. Not Ryan Reynolds. What's his name? Oh, my God. He was in friggin' Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Mm-hmm. And- sure. What's that love one of his with the letters? Oh, uh, the notebook. Notebook. Okay, sure. something this was is an no- incredible process to the watch. The notebook. And I have no idea what the first one the is. The notebook Mil- of Eli. The notebook of Eli. Yeah. yeah I don't know what the first. <laughs> I've never seen it. I keep saying it. I've Book never of seen Eli it. is a good movie. <laughs> there it's, we go. It's an entertaining movie. See it. I'm a big Denzel fan. I watch anything with Denzel in it. I love Denzel. Yeah. Oh, that was the movie. I was going to say that one I liked of him. Him in the... Um, Training Day? Yes, I love Training Day. That training one's good. Day good. That's a great one. I had yeah. seen that one. Okay. All right, guys. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Oh, it's over. It's over. <laughs> Get the We're fuck wrapped out. Up. Uh, <laughs> well, tell, tell everyone who's listening where to find you and what you got going on and, and fun stuff like that. My address is 555. <laughs> no. uh, Your address is the fake phone number for movies. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Langston Kerman on all the things. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, you can find me at Steph Tolev. On all the things. I'll probably just be killing all the flies in my house still. I don't really have a life right now. I've got a fly problem, so. Oh, wow. I'm not going to be out. How many did you kill yesterday? 59. No, 49 yesterday. 48. I killed like 10 this morning. Wait, are these like full-grown yeah. flies? Yeah, not like no, gnats a, or no, anything? No, we got a problem. We got a You're situation. like lording Jeez. over these flies? I got a situation. There's a problem. How are you killing them? That's very efficient. Gun. That's what, the craziest oh, part. I've gone crazy. I like, can now whip them with my hand and they'll die. I've gotten nuts. Wow. A lot of Windex, too. She shoots the wings off him like in that Wanted movie. She curves bullets around her furniture and shoots the... <laughs> I like that. Then here's the movie I know all the details about. Wanted. wanted. <laughs> uh, thank you guys very much for listening. Please subscribe and, and rate and review and everything like that. It helps the show. And remember, if you want to check out, we got Gene Gray rewriting Bambi up on the Patreon. Patreon.com slash never seen it. And thank you guys. And something, something. I don't know. That's the end, right? I yes. think that's everything. Try that toothbrush. <laughs> it's a good toothbrush. It's a good toothbrush. It's a good show.